Hello, welcome to Full Circle with Garland. I'm a leader in the DEI space and have spent 20 years of my career in human resources. I've been having meaningful conversations about career development with my friends and colleagues, many of whom are rarely heard on stages and podcasts. I am excited to bring you their stories each week. I will be sharing how their diverse backgrounds have shaped their work, the lessons in their career highs and lows, and the importance of recognizing the full circle moments in life. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoy this week's interview. Welcome to Full Circle with Garland. Today's episode is going to be about the COVID environment that we're living in and how working mothers are managing. Um, This is a big one for me because I myself as a mom, I've got a 12-year-old and just trying to figure out homeschool um, activities, uh, getting through the past summer, um, and then of course, taking on new fun things like a podcast in addition to my day-to-day stuff. It's a lot to balance. Um, I've been having conversations with other women who I've invited to come here today to talk about some of the things that they've been experiencing. And so my hope for today's podcast is to let you know you're not alone, of course, but to hopefully um, inspire you to find some ways to make this work for you for as long as we have to. Because I think that's And the the tough part is we don't know how long this is going to keep going. And I think if we can find support with each other um, and hear what some folks are doing to keep themselves um, motivated and engaged and just what has come up in terms of how they've been navigating their careers, my hope is that we can um, help each other. So thank you, everyone. Um, My first guest that I'm going to introduce is Janine. Janine, would you please tell us a little bit about you? Hi, thank you for having me, Garland. It's so good to be here with everybody. Um, my name is Janine Villasenor Edwards. Um, by profession, I am a strategic planning and performance professional working in the utility industry for the last 10 years. Um, but I also have two kids and one fluffy child named Donut, my dog. Um, and I live here in Los Angeles. Perfect. Next, Tiana. Hi, thank you so much, Garland, for having me. Um, I am a professor of sociology and African-American studies at UC Berkeley, Um, but I don't think that that is my main job. My main job is being my son's mom. I have a five-year-old who started kindergarten in this this environment that we're in, Um, and we have also two guinea pigs, one named Pumpkin and one named What's Up Danger after Spider-Man Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> and you are in the Bay Area. I'm in the Bay Area. Yep. Oakland. Okay. All right. Next, Amy. Hello. Thank you for letting for letting me join your podcast. Um, I'm Amy Hong. I'm currently uh, in the commercial real estate industry, um, working for the last five years in this uh, space. Um, my day, that's my day job, my night job or 24 hour job would be mm-hmm. taking care of my 14 year old daughter and she is a handful <laughs> and I live in Los Angeles, um, um, have lots of fun, uh, taking care of the kid and work at the same time. Perfect. Um, so 
I want to first jump into, um, you know, how I'd say you have learned to figure out and balance uh, in the first few months, because I think that was the hardest time because it just feels like it happened. It switched over. Um, what were those kind of things that you were like, oh, God, how are we going to do this? Janine, would you like to start? Yeah, um, I think it was day one of stay at home. So on Thursday, um, we all got told at my job to, that we were going to be home indefinitely. On Friday, we picked up our kids early because they were now going to be home indefinitely. Um, and on Monday <laughs> was a disaster um, because we just, there was two, there was a huge learning curve. Um, I had worked from home before. But those work from home norms were very different when you're working from home with children. Um, so the learning curve was really steep. The other thing was we were in the middle of the shutdown. So a lot of the things I was usually doing um, just for self-care uh, were no longer available. So um, prior to the shutdown, I was doing exercise regularly. Um, I also was seeing an acupuncturist. And that was helping me manage a chronic a pain condition that I have. None of that was available anymore. So it was like by Wednesday when I actually called my doctor and I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it through COVID um, and, uh, you know, really had to think about what to do. So I actually took some time. Uh, I ended up taking a week and a half off just to figure out, like, how is this going to work? And um after that, me and my husband worked together to create a schedule that was going to be manageable. Talking to my husband, uh, talking to my husband, but also talking to my boss about what my boundaries are going to be in terms of um, being able to work. So tough conversations, but I kind of started out with like, what would be perfect for me? What would I absolutely love? And then I try to see if everybody could accommodate that. And it didn't come out perfectly, but it came out, it came out good. Okay. Tiana? So I feel like the first months of COVID were like a dream compared to these later months. Um, so I had, a, you know, like recently turned five-year-old at the time who was in preschool, which they're learning a lot, but it's through play. And I had um, him at a really like, like unstructured type of place. And so um, I didn't feel like all of the weight of like his like his education literally being in my hands. It felt more like I could recreate something really beautiful at home. And um, I was actually in a really fortunate position because I was not teaching. I'm a professor and I was already on um, family leave um, because uh, our adoption was supposed to be finalized, though that got thwarted um, with the pandemic. But it was this... Um, really strange thing that COVID did to us in the beginning, which is that I was technically on family leave, but the sort of um, requirements and like expectations for my job just always overflow into the family, always. And I found myself being like, oh, I'm going to spend every day with my son and, you know, pre-COVID. And then it would be like, okay, just early on Thursdays, early on Fridays, or I'll, you know, everything just started like um, cutting into our time, right? Even while I was on family leave. And so 
what COVID did was sort of just shake us and be like, you have no choice but to spend time. And so the first couple of months was like, I, I joke around and say it was like my uh, Cimarron or like maroon living, like where we were just living our utopian lives, where I basically... We grew all of our own vegetables and um, he led everything in terms of like what we did. Like we learned a lot through just living life in part because I didn't have to teach. Um, But it just started as it kept going on and on. It was just like lurking in the background, the fact that like this wasn't going to be forever, obviously. Um, And then the demands on my time would start to creep into, you know, he's like, you're Putting, you know, you're picking strawberries from the strawberry patch or you're planting this and you start to like get a list in your head of all the things you're not doing. Um, and so the summer started, it started being like way more ominous. <laughs> um, and then, you know, um, but I think in those early times, we I was able to actually prioritize family um, in a system where I was supposed to already be able to do that. And um, it just wasn't really feasible given like, you know, what my aims are for my own career and what I want to get accomplished. And so, um, you know, that was really hard. So I barely, I did the work that I had to do, but I didn't do any of the work, other work. So my um, graduate students, um, like I needed to support them, but on my own professional career, I wasn't doing much. Um, And then by, you know, in those early months, we also set a pretty clear schedule, like it was open Um, but it was like, we will do gardening in the morning. We will go for this mini walks. And so it also felt like a really healthy time for me, um, because I was trying to get his movement in and that meant I was actually moving more, you know, it's like put a four year old on a scooter and put on some like running shoes, (laughs) like you could get a pretty good run in and we started doing yoga together and stuff. So it felt, it felt really good. It's, it's the later months that started to get really um, hard health wise and every other kind of wise. Okay. Good to know. Amy. Well, for me at the beginning of uh, COVID, when it first um, gets shut down, I thought, oh, it's nice. I get to spend a little bit more time with my daughter because she, I just went back to work for a month and a half. And it was really a tough transition from maternity leave to um, back to work. And uh, and the whole breastfeeding um, si- uh, situation was really difficult for me because I don't know how to juggle all of them. And I get really tired. And I was like, oh, good. I get to spend more time. And first week, yes, it was a haze, like a, like a dream. And because I'll be like, is this true? Like, is this happening? Like, um, hap- uh, because before it was another another continent. It's not my problem. But okay, I'm so sorry that they're running into that issue. And then um, for that week, um, everything at work kind of paused too because people don't know how to you know, readjust. So things uh, work-wise is slowed down. So I just found myself literally looking, watching TV every single day to see what's the latest status, like what's the lockdowns um, going to look like. And then they don't realize, okay, need to start working and whatnot. And I thought it would be okay. But um, yes, uh, just like what Janine has said, it was difficult because I did uh, kind of what I call work on the fly because I did a lot of business trips. So I'm, I do, I, I thought I'm okay with remote working, but it's completely different when you have a screaming baby crying in the background and you cannot tell her to say, Hey, be quiet. I'm in a meeting and she doesn't understand. Um, so later on, we have to figure out a schedule. I had to sk- figure out a schedule with my husband saying that, Hey, here are the times that I'm going to be on call. I need to talk and I need to show face. Please 
keep her quiet or like go to the other room. It was a struggle. The baby will be coming in and out and uh, baby will be screaming out to keep apologizing later on. Thank goodness I don't have to apologize anymore. Um, and it worked out uh, in, in that schedule. It worked out well, but um, I learned, I definitely learned a new skill. Um, more and more, I have the baby just climbing all over me while I'm in the meeting. So as long as she's not in the screen, that worked. <laughs> so um, I guess I learned a new skill during coronavirus time uh, <laughs> to have a uh, have a child climbing all over me and working on my uh, PowerPoint on decks and calls and and basically I feel like I feel like a juggler. Yep. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about particularly I'd say Janine and Tiana, the homeschooling through COVID, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, I. I can speak to middle school, which is more um, children who aren't small, so you can't necessarily tell them what to do. And at the same time, um, they're in this social, they need to be social. They want to see their friends. Um, You've got the puberty component. um, And so as a result, like they don't want to be on camera sometimes. And it's just a whole other facet of... um, you can't micromanage them because they're not at that age of micromanagement. But at the same time, you got to check in to make sure they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so for me, it was tough in the beginning. Well, one, because that was never part of the plan of remote learning. I mean, the whole point of, I think, her going to school as his only child was to socialize with other kids. And she enjoys socializing with other kids. And so it was tough to be now at home by yourself with your parents who you really, y'all are okay at the end of the day, but all day, like, I don't really want to see y'all. And so that was tough. So if you can talk to me, I'll start with you, Tiana, about a five-year-old or four to five going on preschool to kinder, what that's been like. So we definitely tried. So our preschool did their best. They really did. You know, they have like 18 months to five years old. They did their best to like try to like move what they do onto Zoom. And they had morning circles and lots of songs and sweet things. Um, Calls that would literally last an hour where the whole class would be like, hi, Hi, Sally. Hi, this person. Hi. Bye. 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 Hi. Bye. Like that would be the whole call of the, you know, and or like funny faces, but like very little outside of that. And Marshawn um, is a really resilient kid who has been through a lot in his life and um, he gets overstimulated really easily. Um, And so Zoom very clearly, it was very clear that it was not going to be his jam. Like he just was not um, being able to connect through it, understandably. And I was not going to subject him to it. So within the first week, I was like, no, we're going to go outside and we're going to build stuff. And we're going to, you know, to the extent that we could, when we have more information, we're going to go to the woods and we're going to we're going to be able to, like, use our environment as our as our learning space, you know? Um, And I felt really fortunate in that. And so we lived that existence. And then it was like, well, kindergarten is a real thing. (laughs) You know, like he has to go to kindergarten. He has to start his education this way. Um, And it's really scary. Like, um, you know, when we didn't know if it would be online or not, 
I had a lot of concerns about raising a Black boy in an environment where, like, if they were on campus, where they have these strict protocols that are completely at odds with their development, where you would have to be six feet away and masks and, like, what discipline might look like in a space like that, what it would mean to tell five-year-olds who are naturally inclined to, like, socialize and, and, like, in the flesh to say, no, 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 you can't, don't, don't, don't stop, which is not the way that I raised my son. Um, I, it just frightened me. I've never been so scared in my life. Um, and I picked a really beautiful private school that had a lot of values that um, I have. It's a really big space. It's kind of this hippie school. Um, and then here we are remote, you know. Um, and I have to say, I've been pleasantly surprised. Like I was, my expectation was that we were going to have to pay and still opt out for his like well-being, like his social emotional health. Um, and it's turned out that the teachers have been really, really, I don't know, like they've just been really resourceful and really committed and have actually found ways to engage him and like partner with me to do stuff. It, do I get more than like 10 minutes um, to do work supposedly when my five-year-old's at school? No. Like, I, I mean, we're working up towards 10 minutes. We're like at five right now. So like any illusion that people who don't have kids might have about what remote learning is, remote learning is a hands-on thing, at least in my experience and with small kids. Like I am a teacher's assistant. We have really skilled teachers, but they have 15 classrooms, 25 classrooms across different spaces. And there is just no way like five-year-olds don't have a concept of time. Um, they, uh, there's so many things that like are like, you cannot, like they cannot be independent. Right. And so I think, um, uh, for me just being able to say, Hey, okay, you are going to be, you're, you're going to be remote learning, but I'm going to be here as an assistant the whole time. And, um, we started a pod with another family so that I can get a couple of days a week of work. Um, so, um, all the joy of last spring, I w- was not able to keep going indefinitely. I have to earn my paycheck, obviously. Um, and so, um, and I'm also a single parent. So there was no like sharing of duty of any kind, no schedule that could ever work. Um, and so now we have another family. So he goes to their house um, half of the week and stays here half of the week. And the days that I have the kids, I get to like, it's joyful. Like when I just say there is no work that will ever be done in this time. Um, and I'm here to support them and come up with like all these cool activities for after school and go swimming and that kind of stuff. Like it feels good. But anytime where I feel torn between the two, it's just untenable. Like it's untenable, like mental health wise, like I can't breathe. Like I've just been having all these crazy symptoms of anxiety, like insomnia and just that like overwhelming feeling that like you just can't do it, like you can't do it. Um, and so it feels good to at least be able to say my days off are my days off of work. And I there's no illusion that I'm going to be working on these days. And then the days that I'm I'm there with them, I can be fully, fully, fully there. Um, it's been nice. That's only been for a couple of weeks, though. OK, Janine, you. You asked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Also with the bad, the bad is that it's just really hard. Um, Similar to what Tiana said, it's 
it's re, it's it's mentally extremely exhausting to have to do kids school and work and all the home stuff as well it's almost like you know your brain gets it's it's different than actually burnt out it feels like like the blue screen of death on a computer <laughs> like it feels like that like i need like to be reset shut like down I guess yeah. just shut down and restarted because uh, it's shifting gears um from school to work to like oh the laundry or like who's that ringing the doorbell again why is the dog barking again it's like it's too much it's too much it's really hard um so i empathize with uh, tiana as well and um, to the point, I just wanted to mention to her about anxiety. I had anxiety before uh, COVID hit. So once COVID hit, like it, when, in that conversation I mentioned with the doctor, I just, I told her, like, I'm not going to make it. I was like, I need the medicine. Um, and I was, before I was nervous about it, but at this point, I was like, I'm not going to be able to be here for my children if I don't have some support like that. And so um, I ended up taking some anxiety medicine and some pain medicine that I, I take for the for the fibromyalgia that I have, um, and it that was one of the best decisions I made because it just it takes that issue out because having to manage anxiety and pain in addition to everything like I I I actually wouldn't be able to get out of bed. Um, so that's the that's the bad. It's just it's hard. Um, I try to think about like, maybe it's like a workout eventually make me stronger. I'd love to think that. I hope mm -hmm. that, um, but well, to be seen. Um, I think the good is uh, my daughter, Leia and uh, Tiana and Garland both know her. She's been sorting since she was like born to separating things into colors and like writing to-do lists ever since she could hold a pencil. So fortunately, she's a second grader. Um, fortunately, she uh, like I set her up in her in her room, turn on her computer and close the door. And she's like completely self-sufficient. I just organize all her paper. She has a little filing cabinet with like math, English, like all of it. She has like completed work, finished work, stuff mom has to read. Like, I just had to set up a system and she's like, she understands the process. So that has been so good. I, I can't like appreciate her enough about that. The other good thing has been my son's kindergarten teacher, Senora Sanchez. So we didn't just start kindergarten, like a normal kindergarten. We started dual immersion kindergarten and my son doesn't speak Spanish. He's been exposed somewhat, but doesn't speak it at all. Um, his teacher, similar to what Tiana said, like kindergarten teachers in general are amazing. Good kindergarten teachers during COVID, like they, like she really is like a goddess or something because her ability to adapt in class and engage the kids is like, I'm in shock. Like she's had kids have meltdowns. She brings them back. And I, I don't even know, like she like <laughs> goes to the Zoom. Um, but, uh, so I'm really appreciative of her similar. She has been working really well with us. I also, I have a son who does not like zoom, does not like being on camera. Um, can't sit still. Um, the ugly part, which was like 
I think all of our rock bottom. Uh, my family, or maybe it's just me and my husband's rock bottom. Like Leia's, she's thriving in her own room, <laughs> what she does. But the the rock bottom for us was uh, the first day, the first week of school, but the first day in particular. Um, my son ran away from the computer. Um, he would hide around the house so we couldn't find him to get to class. Like when we were still struggling with him. Like he would start banging his head, like running, banging his head on the wall. Like mm. he was not having it. He just did not want to do it. So, um, you know, I just am grateful for the teacher because she didn't, she, she really worked with us. She's like, it's okay if he, he doesn't have to look straight at the Zoom. The camera can be a little bit off. You know, I sit there, so either me or my husband sit right next to him the whole entire time. And what we do is um, we both do kindergarten, we're repeating kindergarten. So I photocopy all of their activities and I have to model the behavior of, she said, oh, not uncle. Oh, look at my crayon. It's not uncle. And I color. <laughs> like, uh, and because he doesn't have the cues from the other kids and, um, if I don't do that, like that, it, it's been a lot of conversations with my son and, you know, having a conversation with a five-year-old can be a little bit challenging, but, um, and he, he can be very strong-willed. Like I said, he runs, he hides, he'll bang his head and then he'll be like, and now I have a headache, so I can't go to class. Like he's not going to go. <laughs> but even after we got over that hurdle, um, he at five years old deleted the cl the Google Classroom app and all associated classroom <laughs> apps from his iPad. Wow. And he's like, I'm not going. And so, you know, that has been real hard. Uh, <laughs> and it tests your patience as a mother, certainly your patients on, I mean, just your values on like the type of person you want to be. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, I have one, my husband who's, so I'm not doing it alone. Um, and we both have jobs that are flexible that we exclusively focus on him. Like there is no multitasking because the second I pop up, if I, even if my phone is around, he wants to be on the phone. Like, it's just, it's not modeling the behavior, I guess. So we're all in kindergarten. We're all cutting shapes, learning about uno, dos, tres. <laughs> I, I, too, am in kindergarten. I feel you. <laughs> Has it changed? Has it really changed in all this, all this well, time? Yeah. His kindergarten is way more special than mine was, for sure. Uh, it's oh just, I didn't know I had signed up for kindergarten either. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I do. So we're gonna. I, I guess one other thing. I haven't. Oh, go ahead. No, to go. the point of one the kindergarten thing. and doing it over. Yeah, to the point of the kindergarten doing it over. Like another good is I really enjoy coloring. I actually really <laughs> yeah. do. So when he's actually all compl not complete with his work, I'm like, I'm gonna pull out my coloring book. Yay <laughs> me! So yes. you know that becomes a thing as well. <laughs> Therapy. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Meditation in the middle of kindergarten. Um, so let's talk about um, work priority. So I, I love that we're talking about this part because all this is going on 
But then work is like right there waiting for you or right there in the back of your head, as you were saying, Tiana, like I got the to-do list running and all the things that I'm supposed to do, but you're trying to be present. So Janine, I know you changed jobs through COVID and prior to this, you know, this conversation, we talked about what were the factors involved in deciding to make that move because I mean, according to these lean in and and McKinsey reports, you know, women are having a hard time keeping up, determining, you know, where they want to put their priorities, stress, anxiety. And so to move into a new job, can you tell me a little bit about what, what was involved in making that decision? Yeah. You know, one thing I think has been really true about COVID is Um, it's like you're in a pressure cooker. So anything that has been an issue before just gets magnified in this this environment. So I think with my job, um, I had always been working on the margins. I didn't have that much more space to give to my children or anything else because it was like I was barely fitting everything in. Uh, I I didn't like it before COVID, but I could do it. Um, once COVID came and we had the kids at the house, like there was just, there was no way there. I had no wriggle room before. Um, and it, you know, it became really clear that I either was not going to work or have to find another job because the job that I had as much as I loved it. And I, I really um, loved the job that I had. I love the people that I worked with. It was too demanding. And um, I just, I wasn't going to be able to keep up the same pace that I would like to, to do well in that job. And I had to make the difficult decision to go somewhere else. Fortunately, I had um, another job offer come up that happens to be within the town that I live in, in Burbank, um, doing the same exact thing that I did before and just building a new organization. So um, like the stars aligned for me in that, but um, it, you know, it, it was a really, it was a difficult, it was a really difficult decision because I didn't really want to leave my job, but I also couldn't keep it all. So, um, Uh, So I had to make the change and I actually had to tell everybody I was leaving in a COVID situation. And I had been working at that job for 10 years. Um, Some of the people on my staff had been with me for five years. Um, It was weird to have to depart um, in, in that type of environment. Uh, They, I mean, it was as good as it could be. I had like a zoom happy hour. So, um, but in retrospect, um, that has been like the best decision of 2020 because uh, my previous job, I would, I would not have been able to completely disengage for four hour blocks at a time or three hour blocks at a time to do a hundred percent focus on my son. It just isn't the nature of the work. And I remember upon leaving, and this is really something for businesses to think about. Um, my boss wanted to retain me. And he's like, if you need to work less hours, if you need to do like, if we need to cut back on the intensity, we can do that. And he's like, whatever it's going to take to help and support you, which I think is, I was very kind uh, for them, but it missed out on the bigger picture. 
that having a woman leader step back and disengage and not be available, even if I had a sign on my Zoom every time I logged on that said, only working 80% time due to, like, even if everybody knew, you know, it, it wasn't, um, I do feel like perception wise, I'm not going to be available a hundred percent of the time. Um, I'm not going to be asked to do those special projects because I'm not always going to be available. My, like my own capital that I had built over a long period of time was going to get eroded. That just, I didn't see any way around that um, in my current position. And the other thing is that my job required a full-time person there, the nature of that work. And I, I felt bad not being able to give it. And so, you know, in my conversations with my boss, I, I was like, even if you guys made every accommodation for me from a time perspective, from a professional perspective, it would feel like a step back um, because I'm, I am not contributing as much and it's reducing the ability, um, just like I said, my, my the, the professional capital that I had built over so long. So it made the most sense to me to step out, to join another company, to have my bar reset completely, um, you know, go in with the expectations that I needed to work from home. I can't work during these hours. Um, you know, I, I had, I had all sorts of like, requests for my new job. Um, and it was, you know, they wanted me to go over there as soon as possible, which was also great. Um, so I was able to make all these conditions and they said, yep, yep, yep. So I started in and everybody knew what the deal was and I could perform at that whatever level I wanted to. And it was clear. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been the biggest gift. Like I don't work on Fridays. Um, I need those Fridays to lesson plan for the upcoming week to get stuff ready. That's also the day that my kids don't have Zoom. They are completely independent. So I have to be like the full-time teacher. I, I needed that flexibility. And I was so glad I was able to switch a job and be able to make those requests. And I don't feel like I'm starting, I'm, I'm taking a step back. Like as far as anybody knows, I'm building a performance um strategy, performance, and planning organization. They're happy with everything I'm delivering. They've never had it there before. It's the things I'm rolling out are successful. And it just allowed me to set a new benchmark for myself. Um, so for that, I am, I'm super grateful that that worked out for me because I ended up getting the best of both worlds that I still have a job that I love, a job that I uh, am appreciated for, and uh, still get time to spend with my that's great. So Tiana, I know we've had conversations and that is kind of the opposite of, I think, some of what you've been experiencing because so much of your time as a professor has to do with, you know, research and publication and, you know, to get tenure and what you have to do. Um, and I know maybe people don't know on this call, but she, she is like on it, like research wise, you know, everything she needs to do, she's on it. Got her PhD in record time. This woman is not playing. Um, and so I know this has been tough. And so can you talk about like how you feel like your trajectory is moving for you right now with your decision to kind of, you know, manage all of this in COVID? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try to say it without crying, but I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is to try to make peace with, 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 with prioritizing your own survival and what that looks like professionally. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make peace with that. And, you know, what that looks like is, you know, the process, the process is hard. So, you know, I don't think that most of us and myself included are in a situation where a long legacy of, of not, of, of institutions that have not ever shifted to accommodate us to be able to actually have like primary caregivers and women in particular, like thrive and also have a home life. I don't think institutions have been built for that. And COVID is just showing all of it in the same way that Janine was talking about. It's just like, it's like an earthquake on top of like centuries old fault lines. And so I think for me, I, I, I don't see a path where I can say to institutions of higher education, like, hey, don't you see, like women are publishing way less, even in these seven months, women are, are, are just being eviscerated through this, like uh, all of the gains, like it's just very sad. So I don't think that we, I have, there's a reasonable expectation that the world will shift and so what I can do is try to shift my world so that I can have some sanity and some health and that my kid can be safe and happy. And so what I've had to do is sort of just be creative with all kinds of stuff. Like don't, I, I could talk about like fold and um, wash and fold services like and, and like things like that all day. That, that's <laughs> coming up next. Yeah, that's okay. the next question is how have you survived COVID? Because yes. I've got, it, like, we've all got yes. things we're doing. Absolutely. I think in addition to that kind of stuff though, like I've just sort of had to say my career is gonna have to slow down. And that doesn't mean that in the long trajectory of like my legacy um, that, that I won't still be great or that I won't still be able to contribute, but it means that I had to slow down in this period and I can't look to the sides of me, to all the people who have very different lives and different responsibilities and how, you know, I have colleagues who literally have been like, you guys seem so sad. Why don't you just treat this like a long writing retreat? You know, that kind of like I cannot like entertain that kind of stuff. And this just it like just starts to be like too much to kind of think about how some people are thriving more under these circumstances um, and, and that that no one is really paying attention to like structurally how this what this is doing and and to look at it as a wake up call to say we have to radically shift how we do this. This isn't the only way. The United States is backwards when it comes to these issues, when we compare ourselves to industrialized countries. And so I have had to say, you know what, I want to be a full professor. I want to make my mark on the field in X, Y and Z ways. Um, this is just not going to be that one moment in my life where I catapult into that there will be other moments when I do that. And so right now, 
the best thing I can do is, is survive and have my health and everything well enough to where when there's another opportunity down the road, once we hopefully get out of this, I can have things on deck, dreams that are deferred, but not like completely like um, thrown away so that I can just say, okay, that second book, that trip to Brazil, that, um, that big grant, that other thing, um, those things are going to be waiting for me, you know, Um, as opposed to like, just where it, it feels like a really sinking feeling sometimes where you, you know, like I had a sabbatical coming, this is my sabbatical year. This is the year that I write my big second book. Um, and this is not what I'm doing. <laughs> if the second book was about like letters and shapes <laughs> and like dinosaurs and Spider-Man, it would be written, but that's not what my second book is supposed to be. And so I have to just say like, you know, there will be another time where I'll have, um, and maybe, maybe I get clarity out of this. Maybe this, you know, maybe this is a time for to reflect on like what I really do want out of my career. Like I was able to write this really big grant recently that would kick in much later, but it was like a time to kind of shift and say, what, what do I really want to do? You know, like, what do I, what do I really want to do? Um, and to just, just sort of drown out some of the noise around the expectations of what I'm supposed to do. I have an automatic message on my um, email that I, that literally reminds everyone who might not be watching, we are in a childcare crisis. Um, and so this is what you should expect from me. And, um, I make that very clear because I want to make that labor very visible, um, because I want the women who are not as privileged as I am, like my graduate students and, uh, professors without tenure to know that, like, um, it's, it, it's a, that, that people in positions of power can like at least make this visible and not have them have to suffer in silence. And, and hopefully that'll give them just like a tiny bit more protection. And, and when they want to set boundaries or have to set boundaries around their, 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 their family life, you know? Okay. Amy, I know you used to be a traveler going to Beijing and, Hong Kong and everywhere else. And now we're grounded and just trying to keep up with what's still happening there, even though you're not able to travel. Um, can you talk about that? Oh, it's been hectic. I mean, given, thank goodness to technology, I get to at least uh, communicate with friends and colleagues and families um, across the globe. And surprisingly, because of COVID, we actually were able to reconnect and do Zoom calls with a with people around the world and, and talk more than we would have if we um, wait until somebody flies into town and, and meet up. And that turned out really amazing and the stress is real. Um, everybody are feeling the same stress, especially with childcare. I have a lot of friends that are, who have kids already in Singapore and whatnot. They're all running into the same problem. Zoom bombing with kids running around and whatnot. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, in a way, I feel lucky that my child is not in school because I would be like, I have no idea. I definitely need to go start from kindergarten again myself because I don't know how to educate my own child about how, how to spell ABCs. And I'm learning a lot of baby songs in my head already. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Alexa. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, I didn't know there's a songs like this back in the old days. And, um, and yes, I am reliving, uh, baby times, uh, pre, pre, pre preschool and pre kindergarten, uh, compared to you, you girls. Um, yeah, it's, um, 
the fact that we cannot travel is hard. Um, because I basically, before COVID, I travel almost once a month. I even travel when I'm pregnant. And after I, um, after the child arrived, I didn't get to travel. I got chained down. So that was really difficult for me to kind of manage because I'm a jet setter and I just fly. Hence, I like to be in a spaceship or something. And uh, I was watching on the uh, space uh, launch to the station, uh, to uh, the SpaceX launch. I was like, ooh, I wish I can be there too. Um, yeah, I, I wish I can fly, but uh, it's, yes, it's difficult. And, but then um, one of the good thing is I do get to spend this time with my child, which I am always running around like a hundred miles per hour. I really don't have the time to kind of look back and, pause and slow down and pay attention to my to a to a newborn child and um back then when she was in daycare i cannot i probably don't see her majority of the day and by the time we we picked her up it's time to put her down on bed and everything so it was um i do miss out a lot a lot and because of this covid time it was a blessing in disguise i get to um see her see her take her first walk see her um to do do little tricks and there like um learn new skills and everything and i'm like oh my goodness i didn't know you can do i didn't i didn't even know that baby can do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah no these 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 i call this the new brand of baby they're like trying to move their neck at like a month and then they're trying to walk at like nine months and then they're exactly. doing they're doing a lot they're doing a lot <laughs> and just like what Janine said my baby is 14 months old and she already buying buying packs in 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 games and downloading them and I'm like what are you doing you have no idea what you just did and I don't even know that she made purchases until I get an email receipt and I'll be like oh who bought something <laughs> And I need to deduce back and and figure out that it was my daughter who who purchased um packs and games or whatever it is. I'm like, what the heck? Technology nowadays, it's amazing. So yeah, it's uh it's been I guess um ups and downs, but um yeah, COVID has has I guess um exponentially exemplifies a lot of um highlight a lot of stuff that you usually don't focus as much. Like just like what you said, earthquake um on the fault line. Yeah, everything is just chaotic and a mess and it was hard for me to really focus on work I've been just like trying to like um we get surprisingly we get more busy and I actually able to complete work but I end up working instead of just eight hours to 10 hours a day I end up working 24 hours because the baby interaction in uh disruption and whatnot I uh, you know, babies feed every like three, three to four hours, and that's not a nap time. And here and there, and it was hard. And for me, one thing I did learn is take it as it goes. It is what it is because I'm actually a person that's very organized. Like today, um, I do this at this time, I do that at this time. Oh, that's completely out of the door. I literally wrap it up, throw it out to <laughs> throw it over the balcony, and say. Uh, there's no such thing as organized. I um, everything I just take care of on the fly, and um, and I guess I would let Gordon Lou into um, the the beauty of um, technology and phone apps and whatnot, and the fact that I get to get, connect with different apps and whatnot makes my work life a lot easier and um, entertain my child at the same time. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the solutions and the silver linings, the things that you've been doing to keep yourself sane. Um, I know you mentioned fluff and fold service, uh, Tiana, and I know I've also heard you talk about Uber Eats, uh, Amy, uh, and then I'm sure you've got some cool things that you're doing, Janine. 
Um, so what are the things that are keeping you, you know, some new service tool delivery, something that you're doing that's like saving your life through COVID? Well, I found out that Costco will deliver to my door mm-hmm. and that has changed my life. That made me want to say amen. Way. <laughs> I, amen. I was like, <laughs> in a deep way, cost, I can, you know, we've, we've been doing food delivery from beforehand, mm-hmm. um, groceries and food because in my life prior to COVID, I still needed that help. But Costco was always like, yeah. you know, we had to make a plan on the weekend. Um, so I'll just leave that uh, as my one thing. Uh, the other thing, though, in just terms of a general tool, not a, not a, a service, but it's something that somebody mentioned to me, which has gotten me through COVID. I would say with my sanity and my humanity intact, um, which is, you know, COVID requires us to prioritize because there's just not enough time in the day to do everything we really need to do. And somebody had mentioned to me that, you know, prioritizing is actually saying no to the things that you want to do. Not like, because everything that you don't want to do, that's already out the door. Um, it's saying no to the things that you do want to do and, and making those trade-offs. And so in um, everything that I do, I, I know I want to do it, but I, I really have to re-anchor back on that question is like, is there somebody else that can do this? Even if I don't like the quality at what they do it at or the standard that I would do it at, can somebody else help some, anything? Um, or is, it, is the world going to fall apart um, if it doesn't get done? So that's kind of been some like a mental practice I have kept on going back to like I said for my sanity's purpose because I I feel like I'm losing a lot by not doing all the things I used to do and I'm like no prioritizing saying saying no to things I do want to do just I don't have enough time Tiana yeah I think for me so it, it it wasn't just the fact that they wash and fluff and fold but that they they pick it up from my house and then they deliver it to my house. And that really, that's just a full circle thing that I am so thankful for. Like I cannot, but just to get the delivered folded laundry, it's just, it just feels like a gift, you know, like that I'm getting from the universe and I'm so thankful for it. Um, I also found out that a couple of my favorite restaurants you know, like I think like the impulse to get uh, like food delivered is high, like that happens a lot. But I often am like, oh, my God, that is so much money. And I do it because I, I have to and I can, but it's not ideal. Um, but I found out that some restaurants have these like family meals now, like they've switched their business uh, models and they have like you could get a cocktail for a couple of people and you could get like a meal for three to four. And so um, because our family is so small of just two, um, that can like be delicious restaurant food for a couple of days. And it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm doing a lot financially to make that happen. And so I'm thankful. And I just to be honest, just started 
like I needed a lot of help before as a single parent. Um, I've also been a foster parent. So I've had like two children that I've taken care of at the same time and as the one person. And I needed a lot of help. So I had a lot of help built in family help. I had babysitters and all kinds of stuff. Um, and all of that, a lot of that dissipated. And so one of the things that I've been thankful for is my mom um, and her help. And I've just gotten to a point where I basically just pay her what I would have paid babysitters. Um, and the quality is different and that's okay. And I've just been okay with that. But just being able to give her that money and feel like I can say like, can you please straighten up my house without like all the weird mom vibes of like being like, oh, I'm telling my mom what to do. It feels good to just say, you know what, like I'm paying for a service from someone who like loves me, who's trying to help out. And that has helped me a lot too. Yeah. Good. That's good. Amy, anything to share here? Oh, uh, where do I start? Uh, Costco delivery, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Uber Eats, uh, Grubhub, Postmate. Um, yeah, I signed up on all of those. I am a, I'm a, like Uber. Uber should give me um, give me money for um, for spending their, <laughs> spending so much on their on their platform. Before uh, before COVID, I already do quite a bit of Uber Eats, uh, especially when I was pregnant, because it's um, it's just harder for me to go out and get the food but then now it's even more it's even better because i live in an apartment space um again it's the full circles because they deliver to my door instead of me having to go down um and get the food it's amazing and uh same thing with amazon prime they literally um deliver everything so whatever i need it's all amazon prime it's all uh, Uber Eats, especially when I'm in the middle of meetings and juggling baby and whatnot, I don't have time to even put on a nice shirt to go down and get the food. So it's amazing that they um, deliver to my door and all I need to do is open up the door, quickly snatch the food and <laughs> and close it back. I don't, I don't even need to get dressed properly for it. So that has been uh, a lifesaver for me because a lot of times I, and I'm not a cook to begin with, um, we need to eat in the house and we are so busy and so bombarded and thank goodness they have, um, they deliver. And just like uh, what you said, Tiana, was that we, um, I found all these, um, now because of COVID, there's all these um, group um, delivery services of like amazing restaurants or favorite restaurants that usually I had to drive like, you know, 30, 40 minutes to go and get it. No, now they deliver it. Like they just drive from Singapore Valley area all the way to West LA and just keep dropping it off as they go. And you just, you know, order it like a day in advance and whatnot. And I found, and because of this, I actually found this amazing Indonesian, very authentic food. I feel like they cook from their house. Like it's a Indonesian mama that just like, making awesome food just the they world. just exactly <laughs> and just deliver it and i um i love it so much i have it delivered to my mother who works in oc and make sure he they deliver to oc and um and offering it to my brother-in-law in, in san diego i'm just sharing the love and i'm like oh my goodness thank goodness for these um services and it's been uh it's been a lifesaver and then on uh on, on outside help um thank goodness i have um i have a best friend who did um daycare for like seven years and she'd take care of kids from zero to like seven years old and I have no idea on baby care like they they didn't come up come um the baby didn't come with an Ikea instruction manual so <laughs> when she um when she heard that I have I'm like juggling so much she came over and just hang out with us and just sleep over for like a whole week because she want we want to quarantine and make sure we create our own pond in a way 
So she slept over and oh my goodness, just like what you guys are saying, all these kindergarten teachers are doing an amazing job. My best friend is doing an amazing job with my daughter. My daughter doesn't cry anymore. And I'll be like, what the heck did you do? Like, my husband was like, can you give me some of your magical juice or whatever? Sprinkle it on me like a, fa- like a, fa- like a fairy. Like, are you a Mary Poppins? And um, my, my daughter has been amazing with her and like starting learning words and everything. Like, and I'm like, we didn't, we couldn't even teach, teach the daughter to say mama or papa appropriately. And, and my friend can teach her to say our dog's name in one day. And we're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so it's been a blessing in disguise. Thank goodness. And from my, uh, my best friends have been helping their like sisters to me. So it's, um, it's thank goodness for all these, um, apps and services and, um, friends who are willing to help. Yeah. Thank Can you. Can I give one more plug? One um, more plug. Yeah. A plug. This plug is just to the world of like, well, for lack of a better expression, I guess, like Latin pop music, like reggaeton and all of that stuff, because, for months, I thought that, like, I had to entertain Marshawn, like, every minute of the day, and I couldn't get a workout in, because anytime I would try, he would, like, give me a death stare, as if, like, I was abandoning him and leaving him, like, to, like, die in the woods or something, and it was just incredibly uncomfortable for me, and so at some point, I was just, like, I cannot breathe, literally, I cannot breathe, and I have to do this. And it turns out that, like, he is getting his Zumba, Roomba, reggaeton on, like, now. Like, I, like, was able to set, like, a boundary, kind of, where I was like, I'm going to do this, and you're going to have to wait. And here goes your part of the dance floor, and here goes my part. And so he does, like, break dancing the whole time. Like, it has no resemblance at all to what's happening on the screen. But he is dancing the whole time, and... I feel like I've let him into something that I need to do. And it's not like what feels like often, like it's either me or him, you know? Um, so that's been a saving grace for sure. I don't know how, I don't know how it would be breathing literally like otherwise. Okay. Thank you so much. So thank you everyone for your time today. I'm going to wrap up by having you um, complete two things. The first is, This is a sentence that you have to finish, and I'll start with you, Janine. Being a working mom through COVID has been? It's been exhausting, but rewarding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Tiana, being a working mom through COVID has been? Dizzying. (laughs) Yeah, dizzying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Amy, being a working mom through COVID has been? Chaotic and exciting. Okay. Um, And so this is my classic full circle question. Um, And you can answer this however you'd like in terms of family or your professional life or both. So I'll start with you, Janine. What does life look like coming full circle to you? I I feel like COVID has been a full circle moment for me. Um, Growing up, my home life wasn't that great. I keep on telling my husband that if I, if I would have had, if COVID would have happened when I was a child, like it would have been all bad on many levels. Um, And I am just so, I'm I'm really happy and and I'm very grateful because I have that dual frame of reference 
that, you know, I'm blessed. I have come a very long way, my husband as well, and that we're able to provide, you know, some semblance of normality to our kids, uh, that they're still happy and, and thriving um, despite all of these challenges and all the stress that's on, on their parents. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And for me, that's like, in all honesty, success in life. I'm not, nothing is perfect and I am very exhausted. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm really, it feels like a huge accomplishment for me. Okay, great. Uh, Tiana, what does life look like coming full circle to you? Um, for me, full circle would be being able to take my kid, um, traveling around the world with me, um, where I could be ostensibly doing work. Um, but also all of the other things that like have made me who I am, um, get to be something that I get to share with him, the language, the culture, just different realities and different ways of seeing the world that I could like share that with him. So it would be probably like him getting a passport and us like being somewhere else together. That sounds fantastic. Okay. And Amy? What does life look like coming full circle to you? Coming full circle, I have a present and a future one. The present one is mainly um, uh, my mother has been pretty much a single mother uh, taking care of three and raising it all by herself as an immigrant. In like she, Her English is not perfect. Her Spanish is actually better than English, surprisingly. And uh, she was able to raise all three children, take care of the entire household all by herself. Uh, and allow us girls to live a very comfortable uh, lifestyle. And now I'm doing the same thing, having my own daughter. And it's only one. And I have my husband who can help me full time. And I cannot keep my head straight. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's a full circle because I get to uh, appreciate, I mean, I I always appreciate how amazing my mom has been to take care of so much and still have, um, everything is still uh, heading down the right road and, um, and nobody fall apart. And I am already falling apart and I only have one child with a, with a lot of help. So I think it's a, that's full circle. But then in the future, is it comes in the full circle, is I do want to, just like um, Tiana, is, um, take my kids to travel around the world and um, understand that because that's my, that's my dream. And I haven't traveled around the world yet. I travel a lot of places. But I want to do my full circle around the globe as well with my, with my children. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, everyone. I'm going to put all of your great recommendations in the show notes because I'm sure there's some folks who want some of this. Um, and I appreciate your honesty. Um, I'm thankful for all of you for sharing. And I, I can't wait for us to all like hang out like in real lifetime. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, goodbye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Full Circle with Garland. And if you'd like to be a guest, go to garlandfuller.com. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with me. I hope this next week helps you to recognize the full circles in your own life. Bye-bye.